The ideas expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the views or opinions of any current or previous employers. Welcome back to the Construction Management Podcast, listeners. Hey, so last week we asked for some resumes. We keep getting asked from builders all over the country. If you want to get into construction management, you want to get into, you want to change careers, change jobs, change builders that you're already working for, send in those resumes to uh, info at buildertactics.com. We'll, we'll share them. You know, when somebody asks, hey, you looking for, uh, or they'll say, hey, you know, I'm looking for a assistant construction manager in California. I'm like, no problem. Here's a resume. Hey, I'm looking for a seasoned guy in Texas. No problem. Here, here you go. Uh, we get the requests all the time. And if we can help you advance your career or break into this industry, that's what, that's what this show is all about. So if you got a resume, you're looking to make a move, info at buildertactics.com. We'll forward it as soon as we get it. Also, check out buildertactics.com. That's our website. There's tons of information on there. Our manual's on there for digital download if you're interested in that. If you're looking for a paperback, the only place to get it is Amazon. Um, it's 20 bucks. Jump on there. You can write all over it. Hey, remember to jump on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Follow us. Give us a like, whatever. Um, awesome. I hope you uh, enjoy the show. Thanks. <laughs> so, hey, bad work where, I mean, we have been really I don't want to say surprised because I know that this is like a high end company and they've yeah. got good material and stuff, but I wore the, uh, the work hoodie. It's a, it's an orange hoodie. It's like, you know, high vis, but a hundred percent waterproof. Yeah, dude. It's and awesome. when I test clothing, I test it doing outdoorsy stuff. I was yeah. actually rabbit hunting, walking through a thicket for like three hours and dude, it, stood up i'm impressed it, it doesn't have rips it's not snagged yeah, anywhere it yep. is it looks like brand new walking out dude, of there man it's really cool i actually i wore my hoodie to work today yeah that's all i wore it was freezing outside and snowing all day no problems yeah. what's up with that it was so, not supposed to snow today. i know that was weird but that's all right you know it was cool you know i was wearing on the job site and, dude let me tell you it's high vis <laughs> oh, it is like, definitely high vis jesus they were like wow so you're here are yeah. you <laughs> like i saw you coming a mile away so, which, you know, when you're inspecting stuff, uh, you don't like to be a little stealthy, but there's no way to do it in that sweatshirt. So, so wait, let's back up real quick. Were you, were you sneaking around a job site no. in a bright yellow no. hoodie? No. Okay. Because no. that wouldn't have been very smart. But everybody I came up to, they're like, whoa. Yeah. Hey, Damien's here. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Shut up. Like, it's a work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway. But, yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's good quality stuff. Definitely. So, I was pleasantly surprised because I wasn't sure. You know, I just wasn't sure. So, and the pants are super comfortable and they're tough, which is, which is a bonus. Um, the one thing I would say though, because, you know, I, I felt like the, I have an extra large sweatshirt, which, mm-hmm. and I, I realized I'm not an extra large. I'm a large because <laughs> I'm swimming in it. I ordered, I recently got a jacket that's extra large. I'm swimming. I'm a large. I don't know when that happened. I feel like I've been an extra large forever, but I'm no longer an extra large. I'm a large. Are you, are you losing weight? I feel like I'm shrinking because <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on. Because you know, I know that that's a thing, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't happen until like osteoporosis sets no, in. When you're no, like no. 79 years old and up. I feel like it's happening to me now. Although I will tell you, the pants I got from Bad Workwear are a size up, and they fit me perfectly. Yeah. 
So, because I guess they're European. Mm-hmm. So, I would say order the pants. Is it European or is it Australian? What's the difference? Well, I mean, it's it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a different continent. It is. I mean, if you're going to be worldwide, I'm going to need you to brush up on your I know. world geography. <laughs> um, so, I, I think uh, I, if I was going to order again from them, I would order the, a sweatshirt or a jacket the size I normally wear, mm-hmm. like a large. And I would order the pants a size up just because they seem... They, I ordered a size up, and they would fit me perfectly. So a size up, yeah, for the pants, but not the top. Cool. Uh, Europeans are thinner, I guess. Are they? I guess they wear the t- their pants tighter. Anyway. <laughs> they just don't have all the grocery stores. That the we truth have. is, know. we don't know anything about Europeans or Europe or Australia. Apparently, I feel like Italians. I mean, I saw a couple of movies about it. Well, I feel like know. Italians never have pants that actually go all the way down to their shoes. Oh, neither do <laughs> neither do millennials. <laughs> awesome anyway um, um what's going on in the job site i mean just a tremendous amount of work and yeah good it's been raining every other day can, can we talk about that god. can we talk about the importance of checking the weather if you're in construction oh my god first of all if you're an outdoor person if you are a fisherman a hunter a construction type it doesn't matter if you're outside, well, you should be watching that weather. Dude, you should know what's coming up before it comes up because that's the only way you can plan. Dude, it's so important. Mm-hmm. I have so right now I've got a job project I'm working on with no um, <laughs> slide in there. With no slide over here a little bit. There we go. Um, and I'm gonna tell you right now, if it's raining, we're not working. And it's not like we can work inside. It's because you are just a mud hole, out dude. There, right? It's like, it's like a foot of mud, solid mud. I watched a lift, a framers, a lull, get, not even be able to get through it. Right. I was standing up on a balcony, watching, and at first I was laughing, and then I was like, "Well, I kind of need that guy to get his job done." <laughs> <You're> <laughs> this like, isn't so funny look at this anymore. Idiot. He's totally not going to be able to get his job done. Oh, wait. Oh, that's, that's my job to make sure he gets it done. I was standing with my construction manager, and we're both like, look at this idiot. Oh. Oh, crap. I guess we're Should we go down. help him? Like, you push. I'll supervise <laughs> from right. up here. So but it's, it's so important, dude. It, if it's too it cold, is. you can't work. You know, I had. You, no, want, you want a hot tip? Yeah. Here's a hot tip. It's raining a lot, yep. but it's cold every night. You need to get across that muddy land. Boy, if you do it right as that sun is coming up and that ground yeah. is frozen three, four yeah. inches, you get in. But don't get caught there. <laughs> you, you get caught there when that temperature jumps up 25 degrees, yeah, buddy. Dude, you are stuck done. in a mud hole you're done. tomorrow. And I've seen that happen a bunch of times, too, where it's like, hey, good news. It's cold enough. We can get in there. We're going to do it. And then you come back later and it's like buried up to its axles, whatever machine it is, right? Yeah. I know. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I've seen we've had to get loaders and lifts to push people out of the mud it's so bad oh dude yeah um i also recommend a 10k forklift that also works really well for pulling stuff out of the mud we used to have i remember a couple times prairie building Uh, let's back up real quick yeah so prairie building right this is where it's a farm field build term residential where we're out there building before we've got Curb and gutter and sewers in and stuff roads. like that. So, yeah, roads, you know, things that, that minor, Utilities, insignificant gas, things electric, that you don't really need. Sewer, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're out there pushing the grass out of the way so that you can get started before everybody else. 
And the truth is, guys like you and me, maybe not necessarily the construction manager per se, or the superintendent or whoever, but guys like you and me, man, we need to know when we're expected to deliver that product. Uh, yeah. Whether it's a model or it's a first couple of homes or a sold home at the worst case. Yeah. Um, and because you're a responsible professional, you start with adequate time to finish, right? Yeah. And sometimes everybody else hasn't done their job yet. <clears throat> There's two trains of thought. One, wait until it's ready for you and then try to cram all your work in and time frame. And what that usually ends up in is a delivery delay where you're way behind when it comes time to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Or you do the thing that we do a lot of, which is disregard the inconvenience and get started. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we do that a lot. Dude. It's because we're and doers, man. We're doers. And, and, and that's, I guess, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, there's, you can either be successful or you can not. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's beyond your control and there's nothing you can do and you can't fight that because it's beyond your control. But when you can control it, you should. Yes. But can I, I just want to jump in there because one thing that drives me crazy because I know that if you're given a, a job and a date, a due date, you're going to get it done. I've seen you do it. Uh, I'm the same way. Um, but I, I see a real resistance to, well, I can't do it because X, a, you know, A, B, or C isn't done. And that's not my job to do it, so I'm not going to do my job. And I'm like, dude, if you're a builder, an actual builder, you need to drive right. that train. You need to drive everybody else that needs to – if they're deficient in some way, you need to get behind them and push it until it's their portion's done so that your portion can get done. Because there's no such thing as, at least in, in my – vocabulary mm -hmm. i would you'll never hear me say well i didn't hit my date because X, a b and c didn't do their job right. man i just don't do it i'd rather push them to get their job done so that we're all successful as a right. team rather and, than fail and you know there's another couple of things that goes into that too i mean mm. you know you hear a lot a lot of times like management being frustrated with their construction managers because what they're reporting as a schedule might not be what's happening in real life Oh, yeah. And a lot of times it is a construction manager's technique, let's say, to say, hey, I know I'm supposed to have it done by September. If yeah. I run the schedule out, it takes me to December, um, but I'm going to get it done. So just keep clicking away on that schedule and I'll make these phone calls and I'll run these guys on top of each other and I'll get that done. Yeah. And then you get to like three weeks out and you realize like I'm just hanging drywall or I'm. I'm just not going to, I don't have my utilities in. I'm not going to make it. Um, my technique on this was like, when you run into a problem and it does cause you a delay down the road, you know, you're getting started late or you're not able to do something right now. Man, you got to report that to the people that you work for. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to like sweep stuff under the rug and hope that you're going to get it done, even if you're really confident. I think you should, not it would it be done. much better if you came to me and said, hey, look, what you're asking me for is crazy. I don't have roads in. I don't have this. I don't have that. Here's my plan for how I'm going to get there, and I'm going to keep you posted along the way. Yeah. And then, hey, look. It was supposed to go in today. I talked to the utility company. They're not running that lateral today. So we could be pushed back another day. Just letting you know, I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. 
that protects you a little bit because you're taking that weight on your shoulders when you start fibbing about your days and you know you get in there and it's like yeah no problem man we're gonna do we got three weeks left and then you know your boss man comes out says you should be putting hardwood in and you're like putting your second coat of drywall mud on the seams like that's a big problem well you know it's funny you mentioned something i just want to touch on because i teach um scheduling class right now and one of the things we were talking about last wednesday was the different levels of um people looking at schedules so like we were talking so in like the big picture i was talking about like an executive team that are looking at just milestones right because they have to know when they're going to get paid and when they need to borrow money they need to know in and out for for cash flow then you've got like a a an area manager or a project manager that needs to know you know a little more detail like milestones they need to know that certain things were ordered so that you can you're going to keep progressing the schedule then you, then you got the actual construction manager who's looking at day to day he needs to know who's showing up um and that's a lot of detail for them but then we were also talking about the trades because where he might be or she might be day to day those trades might be looking at that schedule per hour so it just gets it starts from a real like that's a good a, point Right, because they're scheduling trades, and they may not have to be there yeah, all day. Their trade might has to be in, have to be in three or four houses doing exactly, job. exactly. So I was, we were kind of going through the ten thousand or the mile high view versus boots on the ground and the different levels of schedule. And uh, um, I'm not sure how that relates to what you just reminded me of it because I, you, were talking you know about it does it. relate because what I'm talking about is falsifying those do- falsifying oh, well, those right. dates right. that that's go right. to the top. Like when you work for a big company. You have to make everybody happy, not just the people that are in front of you, the customer, but QA inspector. (laughs) Like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of factors that goes into it. And we talk about, with my crew, we talk a lot about, like, the seven or eight major ways that they judge a construction manager from 30,000 feet. Only seven or eight? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, like, you know. (laughs) I feel like there's more than that. Okay, there's a hundred million ways that you're judged. But when we step back and we look at the past year, and we say, Damian Edwards is a CM on this job. What do his customer surveys look like? Did 100%. he make Did he make all of his settlements? Yes. <laughs> what were his QA scores? You 100%. know, right? Exactly. Like, did he turn in safety inspections each no. quarter and month? Did he? <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what other What other yeah. ones are there? There's like your all oh, your your budgets, your, your budgets, overhead budgets. Yeah, um, the the. The audit that they'll Job. usually do to make sure that you're like keeping the receipts from your concrete tickets or whatever your company requires. The appearance of the job site, right. trash, mm-hmm. material, dumpsters. Those, those are the ways that the company flies over top at 30,000 feet, looks yeah. down on you and judges you. And and if you look good in those categories, then you're given the ability to keep putting out A pluses. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you might have, you know, flaws in your game, but if you look good in all of those ways... That means you're doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. And so that's that's a that's like a good philosophy. Focus on those things that you're going to be judged on, not just the things that you think are important. Dude, it's amazing how many people don't focus on those things. Mm-hmm. They're like, who cares? I'm building houses. Right. I'm like, hey, dude. Well, all right. All right, I got a good example for you, too. We like to do our inspections five days prior to presenting the product to a homeowner. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's, you know, that, that has changed over the years. Some days, sometimes it was just before, sometimes it was 10 days Two before. Days, 10 days. So yeah, sometimes it yeah. was like, there was a, you know, it wasn't a serious process. So we just did it whenever. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, at times there was no final QA inspection. Yeah, so, man. I mean, it depends on where Those you were. Good old days. Yeah, God, that was awesome. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, 
I forgot what I was going with that. Oh, the, uh, you know, we'll see guys all the time with great customer scores yeah, and that build a really good house and they don't have very many items wrong by the time they present that product, but their scores on their readiness inspections are yeah. very low. They're in the trash. And so because they have put a, a lower value on getting it ready for the internal company and a higher value on presenting it to the customer. They're yeah. both important. They're both important. Because those are two ways that you're going to be judged. And what I always said is like, if you do a good job building the house for the first inspection where your mm. company comes out, then it's already good for the homeowner. That's the thing. It's like, already good. It's already good. And you've already, and I know that it's taken a couple of days out of your schedule, but the truth is if you plan it six months ago for the extra five days or whatever, then you'll be fine. You know, it's funny. I, that's I like to add about two, three weeks. It, not it, tell anybody. You know, because if you if you look at a build, any build, whether it's a skyscraper or whatever, right. you see just activity in the beginning, mm-hmm. not a tremendous amount, right? Um, I mean, from our perspective, anyway. Well, right. right. <laughs> My brother about, would argue. I'm talking about just <laughs> a, just vertical construction. Right. I'm not talking about everything else. So. Well, there's also fewer trades involved, but there's, you know, you'll see a couple of trucks out there, people working, nothing crazy. But as that build continues, it kind of, it's like, it's like not busy, not busy, not busy. And then the last phase of construction, particularly the last couple of weeks, it's, it's a huge. flurry. Yeah, there's nowhere to park. There's nowhere to park. There's a flurry of people in there working. And it's because, you know, that deadline way out there, it's almost abstract. It's like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta be done way out then. That's okay. Oh, you missed a day? It's okay. It's okay. I got time. It's okay. You know, and you get all your float and your schedule gets eaten up. I got, I got months until it's got to be delivered. Right? It's good. And then you get there and you're like, oh, crap. So those guys that are like, I'm not going to worry about this quality inspection. I'm going to prepare it for the client are the same guys that are like, oh, you missed your date for foundation? Right. It's cool. Right. Come in tomorrow. Right. And, you know, and you got to prepare everybody that works out there, man. I'm not interrupting. That's another reason I hate this whole front end, back end bullshit you see on these job sites. Why? Because typically. Because when you were in ACM, they used to give them to you to finish in 18 days. Because <laughs> they're like, hey. That was my life. Hey, I ate up five months on the foundation. <laughs> you've got you've got two days to finish this product. Yeah. So what? I forgot to order the house package. You know, it just, it, it, what I always saw was that the front end guy was. And I don't want to. I don't want to overgeneralize, but what I, my experience was that front end guy was lazy because they didn't. They, they didn't have to stress to take it from close in to settlement. They, so they'd be like, "Eh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it." I saw a bunch of dudes not actually doing their quality control, and they would just dump it all on the dude on the or the, on the person on the back end, mm-hmm. and that person is running around like a freaking maniac. Mm-hmm. Trying to fix all the problems that should have been called, should have been fixed in the front, and deliver a good product. That person was twenty four year old me, <laughs> and, and me, man. And I was like a maniac. Yeah, I, the guy I work with now is, just told me he goes, "I remember one time you had your old black pickup, and you drove around the corner so fast that a door flew out of the back of your truck." <laughs> awesome. Like, and I was like, "Was I rushing that day?" He's like, "You were rushing every day." You're like, "Yeah, it must <laughs> have been like, a day that ended in Y." <laughs> but that's what I see happen because. You know, and I, I don't, that's not, I, I don't want to overgeneralize and say that's all, all the time because there are some guys that took a great deal of pride in doing their job and, and wanted to deliver a good product to their teammates. Right. But uh, another thing it does is it stifles growth because oh. that back end guy 
is never going to be able to break free from the chaos that is the finishing phase of construction and to learn, uh, to learn the front mm-hmm. end. That's true. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I heard, well, that guy can't do it. He, he doesn't know the front end, so we're just leaving where he's at. And I'm like, F you. Yeah, that means you failed. You failed a couple of different ways, actually. Here's yeah. a list of failures. Yeah. I, I, I think that guys like us, because we're like super senior construction managers somehow. Super duper senior. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's up to us to set the standards for the guys that are doing that and how we put together our program makes a difference so if you're running a job where the cm is only responsible for the front end and he takes his quote-unquote assistant or whoever else another construction manager someone else to take that back end and the way that you're set up is that they're paid separately on every home i mean i know a lot of companies like to offer a home bonus and it's usually a build time bonus um you know the the Making everyone accountable for all things is a huge part of that because you'd be less likely to delay the front end or to allow the front end to be delayed if you were still responsible wholly for the back end despite who is actually doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Like if you and I worked together, you did front end, I did back end, but Mm. you didn't get paid unless I did my job well. Oh, that would be a different ball game. You would have would a, different a different philosophy. Game. And so just basically the, the platform in which you set up, how you pay and how, who does what and who's responsible for what. I mean, that makes a big, big difference. It does make a big difference. I, you know, I feel like though, um, like examples that I've seen are when, because typically, at least I think most builders pay out, if they pay out only once, it's when that product is complete. And only if it hits certain criteria. Right. So, and, and I hate to keep harping on this, but I know that I've seen, I, I've experienced guys that are doing the front end. They always just bitch that their bonus isn't good at the back end. But what they're missing out on is the fact that they only gave that dude 10 days to do their job when both of their bonuses right. is it's all together, you know, determined by that. I don't hate the front end, back end. I hate it. I don't necessarily like enforce Okay, so I have a different philosophy, too, because most of my guys that work with me are very good at their job. Yeah, man, you got some super senior guys. I mean, really, and I'm super fortunate to have them, too, because, you know, the truth is they take that own, their own pride in that work. and good. They understand the standards, and I feel like that's partly my responsibility is to lay it out clearly, mm-hmm. but they know it needs to be done. Yeah. And I don't even really have to say it anymore or at all. I mean, yeah. some of them were doing it long before I was. And, you know, they set the standards and they know what they're expected to do. And we talk a lot about how the young people that are young in this business, you know, it doesn't matter how old you actually are. But the, the, if you're if you're it's learning inexperienced. inexperienced people, yeah, it, you don't have to be an ageist. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying not I'm trying not to to say anything like that, but it's, it, you know. It's important that you're all working toward a common goal and the common goal should be growth for everybody's career and knowledge and ability to do more and faster and better. Like we're always being asked for. And it's like, if you are the front end guy who kills it every year, you build 200 houses and you're torturing all of your guys and they're not learning and they're not growing. You're failing. You're failing. You that's, gotta a, go. that's part of it, dude. And you know what? A guy's in our position, man, we should be harping on that Yeah. because I say, say that, you know, a guy who has a, an assistant that doesn't grow at a rate that he should, there's only a couple of reasons that it could be, mm-hmm. it could be the guy or it could be you. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's a hard truth. And, you know, and usually when you say that stuff out loud, you get, that's not the case. You know, and it's like, you know, hey, look, don't be defensive. Figure out how to fix it. It's my responsibility to make sure you don't fail. Just like your responsibility is to make sure he doesn't fail or she doesn't fail. Yeah, dude. Right. People don't own that shit. People don't own that stuff. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you were telling me to be quiet there for a second. No, yeah, shush, shush. <laughs> I like the way that we swear casually and we don't we don't hesitate, and then sometimes we correct ourselves. I know. It's I'm fun. like, oh, I don't want to say the S word. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, dumb. So dumb. Um, yeah, dude. There's a there's a lot of truth. Have I ever to, told uh, you the story? No. When Jimmy was my boss, and we were. He'd have these things that he would do with me. And then, he knew exactly how to get under my skin when I was an assistant. And <laughs> yeah. he knew, and I, like I said before, he would do these things. He would say stuff to me that would piss me off on purpose. And for some reason, my immediate reaction was always like, I'm going to work real hard and show him. And the truth was, <laughs> he's like laughing all the way like back to his house early while I, I took care of everything. Yeah. Just kidding, Jimmy. Um but we're standing you son that, of a bitch. We're standing in a home that's been done for months. We haven't sold it. It's a quick delivery home or we lost a deal. I don't remember what it was. But he's like kind of giving me what for about the whole job. And he'll do this today from time to time with, with assistance. Like today I'm going to go. I know what he does. He comes in. He finds one thing that pisses him off. Yep. And he spends the rest of the day logging all things that should be better. Oh and God. those days are tough for an assistant, right? Yeah. Because you're trying to do your job you came to do today. And this your boss is out here just digging in and making a list of all of your failures. Yeah. So anyway, he's doing that to me at one point. We're standing in this house and there's like it's a scenario <laughs> where there's like an awning window in a hall bathroom and it's a six by six tile or something. And it's, you know, the tile comes up to the bottom of the window and it goes up like halfway around the casing. Uh-huh. And it, like the line was like, I'm not sure if the window wasn't skewed a little bit or if the they didn't, was off from side to they side. didn't trim the trim the window properly. So when they tiled to it straight, it had like a slight reveal difference as oh. it went across. I mean, we're talking very small. What here. a piece of shit. Well, of course, exactly. <laughs> That's where I'm leading with this conversation. So he goes, hey, what about this window here? You uh, notice anything about the tile? And I was like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, I see what you're saying there. We could probably adjust that casing right had to fix a couple of those pieces of tile like dude it's so negligible and i just i couldn't get the words back into my mouth when I, was saying <laughs> it. I don't remember how i put it and he was like i could see him just like loading Do his gun it? for the assassination that was coming yeah. and he goes you know when i was 25 I would have jumped all <laughs> over this job to make sure that it was right because it's the right thing to do shipe Okay, but then again, I was a diligent manager, not just <laughs> some kids standing around collecting a paycheck. <laughs> I was so shocked. I was just like looking at him with like, like blinking, you know, like with my mouth open. And then we both just kind of busted out laughing because it was That's so exactly. over the top. So I say that to him from time to time. Good. Nowadays, I'm like, you know, I wish you weren't <laughs> just some guy standing around collecting a paycheck. <laughs> he says it to me still, though. You know what, though? That's it's I fix a window, by the way. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. You wouldn't be where you are today if you hadn't. Oh, my God. So, but that's good, man, because, I mean, I, you know, I know him, and I think he we gets it. Get the fuck, get the library closed <laughs> at five o'clock? <laughs> It'll be closing at what? At five o'clock. It, is that what he said? 
I, had, I, had I no, just, I love our operation. I had no idea. Our operation might as well be like standing around a barrel that's on fire or Dude, something. Can I tell you something? I called Jake the other day and I was like, because I, I was here and the library was full and I was super pissed off about it. And I called Jake and we're I'm like venting. And he goes, why don't you and Shipe record the podcast in Shipe's truck? And I said, what? That's stupid. And he You're goes. Like, but he isn't goes, it like soundproof? And like. Well, he goes, Really? <laughs> Um, don't construction managers um, work out of their trucks sometimes? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, why can't you? Wouldn't that be kind of cool if you guys did a podcast? Like, shut up, Jake. We're working. Yeah, I was like, shut up. You talk too much. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I mean, he had a good point, but I was like, no, I'm going to go home. I was, I it's was, totally true. We could definitely do that. We totally could. Because there's nothing more bootleg than leaving our library that we've like, you know, a public library With and the, going to record in our truck. Like that right. is one step from like living in a van down by the river. Dude, well, it wouldn't I would love the library except for the hurricane that they have coming through the vents. Ooh, better than that. Let's buy an old like U-Haul or an, even better than that, like an old ambulance. I I, I stopped with, and like, looked at terrible, it. Terrible like, you know, dude, like blood and guts and stuff and we'll clean it up and we'll build a podcast studio in the back. I looked I stopped and looked at a uh, camper van. <laughs> Dude, that'd be great. It would be great. We could also hunt out of it. There you go. It's perfect. Well, and I was like, I was like, Gina, did you see that camper down the street? And she's like, yeah. And I said, I stopped and looked at it. And it has she's like, like, oh my God. Dude, whoever owns this thing put like those fake flames <laughs> oh on it. Oh my God, it's, it's perfect. It's super ghetto. But I was like, how much could they possibly want for this yeah. thing? It's like $10,000. Well, the people weren't even home. I, once again, I, it, it I wasn't would, even for sale. I'm a trespasser. <laughs> It was in their garage. I had, like, to, it, I had to break the door to get in. <laughs> Dude's living in it. He opens up the door. Get out of my lawn. Dude, I, I, so I was driving the other day, and uh, I got to stop doing this. I um, I see this, like, it looks like a castle. I'm like, what the hell is that? On so, 15? No, this is, okay. uh, this, is in, um, I'm, uh, this is somewhere else. I don't want to say where because I was trespassing. So I turn around. <laughs> I go in. I pull into the parking lot, and there's a bunch of workers there. And it's literally like this. It's like a historic restoration they're doing. Slate shingle roof, mason, you know, just beautiful masonry. Everything. It's a monster structure. So there's like the the renovation is in the front, and then there's new construction all the way around it, all made to look like the original structure. Beautiful project. So I grab my hard hat out of the out of my car because I'm like I own this place. I throw my hard hat on, waltz into this this house essentially. And I start yelling at people, where the hell's the super? Who's in charge? Where's the super? And the guys are looking at me and they're like, oh, oh he's not here. I'm like, that son of a bitch isn't here. Damn it. I, all right. Uh, I'm like, all right. I guess I'll just, I'll just walk through here on my own then. And I literally <laughs> start walking, just walking the what job. What would you have done if like the super just straight turned the corner? He's like, I'm the super, sir. I'd have been like, hey, man, I'm Damien with the Construction Management Podcast. How are you? So, um, but I start, I got like halfway. What a lovely operation you've got here. Would this you care beautiful. to talk to me? So I, I literally go, I get about halfway through the structure. I mean, it's got a ballroom. It's, it's amazing. And this guy walks up to me and he goes, uh, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm Damien. Are you the super? And he's like, no, but I'm his assistant. Can I help you with something? Great. And I was like, What's your yeah. name? <laughs> and I start asking him questions. I never told him what the hell I was doing there. I'm just like, what's this? What's that? And he's answering all my questions. I was like, that's really great. Okay, man. Thanks so much. And left. <laughs> right now, he's like talking to his wife. He's like, you know, the weirdest thing happened the other day. He's like, some son of a bitch came onto the job site. You know, and one of the workers, 
one of the not even like one of the guys that worked for the builder, one of the like the trim carpenters or whatever. I'm walking around and he goes, Hey. <laughs> I turn around, I'm like, what's up? And he goes, Don't steal nothing. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm not gonna steal anything. And he's like he goes, uh-huh. uh-huh. I'll be right up here watching you. But I was like, good for you, man. If you steal something, they're going to blame me. Right. (laughs) Well, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, good for that guy. You know? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is actually really helpful. And I, you know, that's happened from time to time. Hey, just to let you know, man, I saw a guy loading some stuff up. I'm not sure if it was real or not. Yeah. I don't know if I had one thing one time. The cleaners called me. I don't know if they called me. They called somebody. But I ended up going down to a house because the cleaners swore that two guys came in carrying drywall buckets for some reason. And they were working in the kitchen or kitchen bathroom, something like that, for a while while they were in another room. Yeah. And then later we noticed there were fixtures missing. (sighs) Yeah. And so we're thinking they were taking them off, throwing them in a bucket, carrying them out. Yeah, dude. Right in the middle of the day. Hey, I'm going to show you the name of the person that owns... The house, you tell me, they told me he was a famous football player. Okay. I don't know. I don't know shit about football. But I took a picture of the plans because it has name on it, and I wanted to show you. I've been meaning to tell you and your brother about this because neither of you are football fans. I What's think that? that it's best in America yeah. if you pretend that you like football <laughs> than it is to keep saying that I don't like football I'm because it huge... makes me want to punch you. Even though I like you, and I'm, I'm not even the hugest... Oh, no, he's a professional wrestler, I think. Or a football player. One of the two. I don't yeah, know. no, those are definitely practically the exact same thing. I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> Does that name look familiar? I mean, no. Okay. Is he a pro wrestler like like WWE? No, they told me he was a because fo- that he probably doesn't go by his real name. Well, they told me he was a football player, and then I, I looked up that name, and it came up as a wrestler. Okay. Not a football player. I, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. They don't recognize it. I don't want to say it out loud because I was legit trespassing on his house. Well, I'm sure. Beautiful. I love the fact that you snapped a picture of his name there somehow. And building plans. <laughs> it was at that point the guy told me, don't steal nothing. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> so you taking a picture of the plans? Oh, yeah. He had the plans sitting there and I was like, oh, let me take a picture of that. The funny part about it is in Virginia. Yeah. It's, it's probably actually recommended that you just shoot at that guy who you're not right. sure about like you yeah. gotta be careful in this state buddy yeah now i've done my fair share of knocking on some doors about hunting property hunting permission and yeah back in the day i was looking for a rugby field for our team for a long time so i would go to like landowners like hey can it, can we like play rugby on your property can we get like 30 guys out yeah, okay, hey, is, is it cool other? if we just like you know beat the crap out of each <laughs> other for two hours and then drink <laughs> there will probably be some level of nudity by the end of the day. Is that is that cool? Yeah. Is that is that is that all right with you? And they're always like, no. And I remember one time I pulled in, I pulled into this group of fields. Man, it was so beautiful. It's like perfect, right on the road. I'm like, man, this is great. We could put up our sign. Everybody will know us. Like, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And I remember I pulled in. I I talked to the neighbor, and she was like, no, you can't do that here. She's like, well, you might want to talk to the guy who lives back there. And I go, cool, tell me about him. She's like, oh, you know, he built these houses here and he owns that land. He's interested in money. I'm like, okay, so maybe we can work out some sort of a deal. Yeah. So I pull <laughs> pull into his like front yard. It's like on 50 acres, you know. I pull into his front yard. He's got a really nice house, too, by the way. Super custom, like nice. long cabin style. Yeah. Like, really cool looking. And I when I pull up, it's like a gravel road. This 
gigantic Rottweiler comes around oh. the corner from the back of the house. I mean, I'm talking like 200-pound dog, dude, big dog. Didn't bark, just looked as scary as you can look, yeah, and just walked up that. in front of my truck and just stood there looking at me. <laughs> and in the background, the door comes open, but there's like a glass storm door on the front, yeah. and it's this giant bearded bald guy. But he's like 250 pounds. He's got no shirt on. He's wearing camo shorts. Awesome. And he just stood there looking at me. And I was like, I like rolled down my window. I was like, hi. Uh, hi. My name's Jason. Are you going to call get... your dog? And he just stood there looking at me. I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> just drove away. I was like, this doesn't seem like it's going to end well. You should have went into your whole, can I get a bunch of dudes out here half naked <laughs> and drunk in your front yard? Does that sound cool? I actually, I think I did ask him. <laughs> I was like, what about the front field over there? Would it be okay? It doesn't look like you're using it for cattle or anything. He goes, that's my clover field. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I'm out of here. <laughs> Thank you're, you. You're looking for good luck? What's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, what's he doing with a clover field? I don't know. It's Who weird. knows? He's probably bailing it up and feeding it to sheep or something. I don't know. Jake told me he's planting clover. And I'm, he's like, the deer love it. And I'm like, you don't hunt. Yeah, that's a little bit of a weird thing about your It's like he likes having them around. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. Maybe he just doesn't it's want to strange. shoot any of them. Dude, you know we're coming up on the spring. There's nothing wrong with that. So Gina sent me, you know, I hate my groundhog that it lives under my shed. All right. And Gina won't let me kill it. Um, she sent me a video the other day of a guy. I'm going to post it. <laughs> she sent me a video of a guy who a groundhog kept getting into his garden and eating all his vegetables. So he set up a, a hunting camera mm-hmm. with sound. That's cool. So the, <laughs> the groundhog, because <laughs> groundhogs are sons of bitches, <laughs> would... He recorded it, and it's like a five-minute video where this groundhog would grab a piece of fruit or vegetable or whatever, sit on his hind legs. Right in front of the camera. Right in front of the camera. <laughs> and at first, the guy's like the guy's like narrating this. And he's like, at first, I was really upset. I was like, this, this groundhog keeps eating my vegetables. And it shows all how he tried to fortify the garden that the groundhog would always get in, mm-hmm. sit in front of the camera, prop himself up, right. and munch his fruit right in front of him. I don't him. know if they, you recognize this, but... Groundhogs can dig, yeah. So unless you plan oh, on I like, they can <laughs> unless you plan on building a swimming pool, filling it with dirt, and then starting your garden, like it's gonna be kind of tough to it's keep them out, sir. So well, but as the video goes on, the guy says, you know, one day the groundhog didn't come by, and I really missed him. And you're like, oh, <laughs> and man. Gina's like, see, look, watch this, and he's like, you know, and then it got to the point where I was like throwing fruit out there, so the groundhog would come, and I could watch him eat it. And at the end of it, you know, the guy is like, I'm going to plant a separate garden just for the groundhog. And Gina's like, what do you think of that? And I said, <laughs> I think if that son of a bitch comes back yeah. to my house, I'm going to shoot him dead. I think if I had the same scenario <laughs> where it was unlimited food in this great place where I was not, you know, I was not in danger in any way, I'd set up shop here and I'd bring all my friends and family. Oh, at, that, at the end of the video, <laughs> toward the end, there's two groundhogs. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I don't understand. Can he mount a pistol to the top of this camera? <laughs> remotely. And Gina's like, Damien, Duh. you're missing the point. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not missing the point. I've missed the groundhog shooting at him. Right. So anyway, that's uh, that's our show today. Cool. I think, you know. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I know we rambled a little bit at the end of that one. Um, but send us those resumes if you're interested in uh, – jumping on with another builder or whatever getting into the industry send us resumes we can get them out there for you or at least help you remember to jump on social media youtube instagram facebook uh, follow us like us whatever 
Don't forget to download the manual on the website. Uh, if you want a paperback, you got to go to Amazon and search for Builder Tactics. You'll find it there. Uh, other than that, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we will get that information out about the live event as soon as we get it. Thanks so much. Bye.